Welcome to Once Upon a Disney, an analytical yet fun-loving look at Disney narrative filmography from the 20th century. I'm Andy Redwine, and with me as always is the leader that says when we go, and here we go, Larry Brenner. How are you, Larry? I'm doing great, Andy. Uh, Although, I have Mm -hmm. been better. Because I have not always come from immediately watching the Aristocats from 1970. Come on. No, no. In my memory, in my memory, Mm -hmm. like this movie is a Disney classic. Right. But my memory is a liar. But we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I, I'm chomping at the bit. Can can you start us off with some key facts? I would love to start off with some key facts about the Aristocats from 1970, which released in December of that year. So prior to his death in 1966, Walt Disney had the Aristocats in development on and off for about five years. So in the early 1960s, a man named Tom McGowan was tasked by Disney to find animal stories for the Wonderful World of Color program. And Tom completed a treatment for the Aristocats. It was rejected by the studio department heads. And so he found out that Walt was staying in a hotel in London. And he slips it in an envelope and he gets it to him, right? Um, And Walt contacts him right away. And Walt actually envisioned this movie as a live-action theatrical, much like his real-life adventures. Um... But in 1963, it was suggested that the project be reworked into an animated feature. And uh, Disney gave it to Wolfgang Reitherman, who was working on The Jungle Book at the time. And the idea for the film was to take the same kind of approach as 101 Dalmatians, only for cats. Now, we've done Mm -hmm. episodes on both of those films and, and listener, you're more than welcome to hear our thoughts on both The Jungle Book and 101 Dalmatians. But I, I that was kind of, yeah. I have to say, Andy, uh, I have always thought of this movie as the dollar store version of 101 Dalmatians. Uh, uh, but, but what you just told me is he had an idea for a movie. The mm-hmm. studio executive said no. Mm-hmm. He went past them and went to Walt. Walt right. said Maybe, but not the way that you're pitching it. And yet, somehow, again, another no. (laughs) Another no. Then Uh. it went to a third person who was like, I guess we could kind of do this the way we did other movies. But what I'm not hearing is that anybody wanted this. What we got. Right. I Yeah. So in 1987, animation historian Charles Solomon made the following claim. The Aristocats reveals how essential Walt Disney was in shaping the studio's animated features and how significant a gap he left. The plot does little more than link a string of vaguely related episodes. Yep. Fair. If you can call it a plot. Yeah. Yeah. So Elsa Lancaster was in Mary Poppins, um, was uh, originally cast as Madame's maid, but Edgar ended up replacing her as a central villain in the story. Because uh, of that raw charisma that Edgar has. Okay, good, <laughs> good. So Louis Armstrong was originally supposed to be Scat Cat, but he had to back out due to illness. Um And The Aristocats is the final feature Robert and Richard Sherman completed as staff writers. They had been having some friction 
with Disney Studios at this point um, after Walt's death. I think they weren't given the creative license that they had certainly earned at this point. Um, they composed multiple songs for the movie, but only the title song that was sung by Maurice Chevalier and Scales and Arpeggios were utilized. There were several other songs, Pourquoi, My Way's the Highway, She Never Felt Alone, and Le Jazz Hot uh, was also scrapped. Uh, just And of course, Everybody Wants to Be a Cat was replaced the Le Jazz Hot. Everybody so, Wants to Be a Cat is amazing. It is the mm-hmm. best part of this movie. Hands yeah, on. yeah. Uh, in Japan... Little Marie is a huge favorite in Tokyo Disney and features a lot of merchandising centered around her. Oh, that's cool. And so far, the movie has made $191 million at the box office internationally on that little $4 million budget. I, I mean, sure, but we're talking over 50 years. Sure. I mean, I'm not I, I still wouldn't I wouldn't scoff at that money. But yeah, but, yeah. you know, it's it's in perspective. Mm hmm. All right, Andy, time for my least favorite, favorite section on this podcast, Racist Roundup. Yeah, least favorite, but has to be done. Has to be done. Okay, Aristocats is mostly fine, mostly, but then about two thirds of the way through when we meet a bunch of cats, uh, you know, they go to that tired trope of we've got a cat from everywhere in the world, and notably... The cat who is known as Chinese cat. Uh, oh, boy. Um, yeah, it's a racist de- depiction of of a of a Chinese French immigrant. I get I don't know. It's racist. Yeah. It's bad. It's not funny. It was never funny. Even mm-hmm. in its time, no one was like, ha, ha, ha. It, it's just it's just bad. It's just bad. There's no point in, in parsing it more than that. Uh, that that moment is just you wince, you close your eyes, you get through it. You regret how close it is in proximity to everybody wants to be a cat. Well, and the ex, I mean, there are all these expat uh, ethnic caricatures in Paris. It yeah. seems like a missed opportunity for me to be. Why can't they all be French cats? I don't Why not? That. Why can't any? I mean, French accents are not in this movie set in France, uh, by and large. Except the animals. The, well, yeah, except for the theme song that's uh, sung by, as we mentioned, uh, Marie Chevalier. But he was brought out of retirement to do that. So I, I don't get it. I, I just, don't I don't. Know. I could not tell you why this movie is set in France. They do not make use of the fact that it is set in France. Every Disney movie is somebody's favorite. And this might be your favorite. And please, um, I mean, my daughter, my youngest daughter, I watched this every this movie every day for three years. Um, from the time she was probably about two and a half to the time she was about five and a half. So I can tell you, like, I, it's been background noise in my life for a long time. I think there are sweet little parts to it. Um, but I think overall, it's it's problematic. See, but you can abs- but you can absolutely love this movie. You're allowed to love it. See, and I'm going to I'm going to disagree. If this is your favorite <laughs> Disney movie, you're wrong. Your tastes are wrong. Larry. <laughs> okay, no. I don't I don't mean that. I don't mean that. Some little child out there is going, "But this is my favorite." <clears throat> anyway. I doubt it. But but <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I'm going to move us into plot. All, All right. right. So uh, w- when we start with plot, we always start with the Manish Tana. It is why we choose to start this movie in the place where we start it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie begins, as many of these movies do, uh, with with like a song over the credits sort of thing. Uh, and we get into what looks to be the end of a fun little excursion. Uh, Edgar has taken Madame and the cats uh, back to the house um, and he's taking care of all of them. Uh, We meet the cats, we meet Madame, we meet Edgar, but we don't really get to know Edgar or are perhaps deceived in who Edgar is. Um, But in terms of why are we starting here, I'm going to say, I don't know. <laughs> because nothing is happening. Family returning home is not story. I came back from the supermarket to do this <laughs> podcast. There was no camera crew. Andy, right. <laughs> can, can you help me out here? Why are we starting here? I don't know. I I think um I think the opportunity is used and I I'm, I'm being gracious. I think the opportunity is used to give us the names of everybody because in that little bit we get the names of all the kittens, we get the names of Edgar, we get Fru-Fru the horse, we get that Madame um is, you know, so we get everyone's name. Um but we don't really get a reveal of personality or no. conflict, or no. Edgar being upset at his role in this. He seems happy. He seems content. He seems absolutely thrilled and content. So what happens later seems so out of character and so strange. I mean, this is, a I think, would be a great opportunity to uh, form some characterization, some conflict, um, to let us in on a little bit of exposition as to what's been going on in this world so that we can settle into it. Um, all we know is that there's a horse that drives them around, that the kitties, you know, get to ride on the backs of horses. Uh, we, we just don't know much. And it goes on a really long time. A really long time. And <laughs> it's like, did they not realize they were making a movie? Because... <laughs> Yeah, because they drew every frame. This isn't like... Oh, um, yes. They chose to start here. I'm going to point out that this is the equivalent of of Andy's often decried, uh, the movie begins with someone, an alarm going off and the person waking up. Right. This is is like that, but not as dramatic. Because (laughs) even, even in that thing that that Andy is right not to like at least there is a immediate conflict of I don't want to wake up I hate my alarm clock there's yeah. an immediate struggle there this is they are just relaxed like they're just all like relaxed and you know like I mean I, I in, thought of you're right I mean I thought of a million things that could happen you know Roquefort could scare Fru-Fru there could be a you know a, some sort of something that causes some sort of event but everything's just super chill and way too super chill excited you know uh, 
Yeah, we, we can we can posit some things that this movie could do, I think, a little bit later in this episode. Yeah, um, yeah. But we'll move forward for now uh, into what our search for mm. an inciting incident, <laughs> our search for an event that triggers this movie, something that will activate our protagonists and, and cause them to go on an adventure. And Andy, there are some... I might have seen an inciting incident, but at, my eyes are getting older, and uh, maybe maybe it's playing tricks on me. Maybe maybe nothing oh, ever my. happens in this movie. Well, uh, I I mean I mean I think I think we have Edgar hatching a plot to what I thought was murder the cats because that's an awful lot of uh, tranquilizers that he's putting into that creme de la creme la Edgar, um, and so. I think that, you know, Madame doing a will, uh, leaving everything to the cats and not to Edgar. But Edgar, it doesn't really work because Edgar isn't really the protagonist of this movie. I'm going to I'm going to pull us back a little bit because I know what you're talking about. I just want to identify the points here. So this movie, there is a disruption that doesn't occur every day, which is that, um, Madame's lawyer comes to mm-hmm. see to see her because Madame has decided out of nowhere today is the day to make her will. She is getting getting up there in years, but there hasn't been any event that seems to have triggered the idea that she may that she needs to do her will now. Um, but she's doing it. And look. Hey, sometimes sometimes life works that way. Movies aren't supposed to, stories aren't supposed to, but Madame decides to be responsible about the, the what's going to happen after she goes. Mm-hmm. That happens to get overheard, kind of, sort of, on purpose by Edgar. Uh, I don't. I did not read from the scene that Edgar always eavesdrops on the self on the on the phone. Uh, it feels like that's just like the normal pipeline of sound where you contact your servants. They exist in all uh-huh. sorts of manners of this house so that if Madame needs you, uh, you can come up. He happens to overhear that uh, he's in the will, but he's in the will after the cats. Edgar then makes the decision. I got to get rid of these cats then I get the money. But as Andy points out, Edgar the butler is not our protagonist of this movie. Yeah. And Madame is not the protagonist of this movie. So her decision to make a will is not it. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it almost feels like this world is conspiring to take Duchess out of her and her kittens out of the lap of luxury. Sure. Um, so, it. so an event happens to them, and we're going to call that the inciting incident, which is Edgar attempts to. We're going to put in quotes, murder the cats. We'll say dispose of the cats, certainly without putting it in quotes. The mm-hmm. cats wake up and they don't know where they are, and they have to get home, and that is what starts their journey. Right. He. And and I'll I'll say that's the inciting incident of this movie. Too late, not exciting. The decision that they get made, the other decision is to what? 
like stay there and die. Um, it's not really a choice at that right. point I, in the movie. Right. I mean, they aren't acting on their own destiny. No. Right. I mean, when we watch a movie, we want to see the protagonist's face with a choice, like you mentioned, where if they do plan A, it goes well for them. If they do plan B, it might not, you know, what, but they choose, maybe they choose the riskier of the two. Maybe they choose plan B because it's riskier. Uh, but there's, there, this is just, mm. it's weak Mm-mm-mm. sauce. Is what it is. It is weak sauce. It is. Yeah. It is a lack. It is a lack of options. We started this movie with them going home, and I guess this movie says, "You know what would be exciting? Let's watch them go home again." again. <laughs> right. When right. we talk about rising action, there isn't any. It is a flat line. There are a series of things that kind of happen to the cats in that they meet people. And walk past people, but there are no obstacles. There are no complications. They are on a straight light line home. Uh, this is the this is the equivalent of what if we just watched Dorothy walk down the yellow brick road and the witch tried nothing. She just gets there. They meet Thomas O'Malley. Uh, mm-hmm. And he seems to be attracted to Duchess, and Duchess seems to be attracted to him, and he's helping them get home but like he's saving them time they would get home eventually he's just getting them home faster they meet the gavel sisters and uncle waldo they're they're they know the way but there's no complication here also going on during the rising action is edgar who for whatever reason Uh, has given himself to believe the newspapers are talking about how this was the perfect crime, the kidnapping of cats. This got into the newspapers. He's got clippings. He's proud of his criminal genius, which was to 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 take cats out of a house in a basket. Um, Brilliant in its simplicity. Realizes he's left some clues with some dogs that were chasing him. Mm -hmm. He decides he's going to recover the clues he left with the dogs um he does so it's he has some obstacles he also overcomes those obstacles but he's not the protagonist he's the antagonist Mm -hmm. like like and yet and yet we're watching we're watching him cover his tracks uh although i don't believe the police in france are actively working on this case there have to be weren't there a couple of world wars about to happen or or just just happened aren't we in some sort of reconstruction period i don't know it feels to me like if the police in france get involved on this missing kitten case there are systemic problems with yeah. with with their service it doesn't seem like a real high priority for sure and we never meet a police officer who's looking for these cats edgar right. has no reason to think columbo did not get involved in saying so uh my wife you see she she likes to feed cats this uh drink uh could you tell me the ingredients that go into this soup you make for the cats none of that happens right right he just he just worries 
he for no reason that someone's going to track this down to him mm-hmm. uh they're going to find a dog with a cat and go a dog with a hat and go that that hat must belong to i don't i don't know i don't know so that all happens Alrighty. <laughs> they meet scat cat they meet the other cats uh meeting people is what this movie considers to be an obstacle well it's a road movie right i mean we have a road movie with a dramatic question which again is weak of you know are the are the kittens going home right that's will the they get will from they, will point they be a able, to, point to point b will they be able to get back to madame right to their to their lap of luxury because right now they're in a place they don't they're fish out of water right um I it is a it is a road movie in the sense that they're meeting these people. But in a road movie, typically um, the people that they meet help them solve the next problem. Right. Yes. And, And I'm not sure that any problems are being presented or any problems are being solved. And I'm happy to be corrected on that. No, uh, you're 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 right, particularly when when we know as writers that characters move at the speed of plot. Mm-hmm. They get there when they get there. It doesn't right. it doesn't really matter. Watching people save them time, they might be saving the characters time on their journey, but they're not saving the audience time. We're still here for an hour and 30 minutes no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. So why show us why show us like the mundane like they ask for directions to get home let's compare this and and i the movie wants us to uh you you said hey 101 dalmatians but with cats right right when pongo and perdita and the puppies are on their way back uh to to their owners Cruella is behind them the whole time that's right she is actively going to get them and when she gets them, she's going to kill them, skin mm-hmm. them, wear their clothes as fur. Every time they meet someone in that movie, it is because, hey, there is this person following us, a continuous life or death pre- uh, threat. We need your help to overcome yeah. this obstacle. Yeah, Edgar is ultimately at their destination. They're not even sure... That Edgar is the bad guy in this movie, right? Um, I, I think I think Toulouse knows or suspects, but but no one else really does. Yeah. Um, there's no urgency, and a mo- even even a road trip requires urgency. Max and Goofy go on a, in a car to go from point A to point B, but their relationship is in crisis. Max has things he wants to do and accomplish, and Goofy is in the way of those things. Goofy wants things from Max, and Max is resisting it. That movie is a road trip movie. This well, movie is is a stroll. Yeah, I mean, there's another dramatic question that rears its head in this, and that is, you know, will Duchess and Thomas O'Malley get together? Um, Is that going to be a relationship that's going to, can she tame Thomas O'Malley? Um, When Thomas takes them to his pad, right, for Mm -hmm. a a nice, uh, to, to rest and relax, she makes the comment that she could stay there with him. And at that point in the movie, I think, okay, that's what's going to happen now. 
And then they're going to have to decide, are they going to be Aristocats or are they going to be, you know, Alley You cats, could make a meal right? of that movie. You could yeah. make a meal of Duchess realizing that her children are happier on the road right. than they were at Madame's house. Right. They, so that, so that, that I mean, could it's set be up, a conflict. It's set up that way. But then <laughs> there is this, but my duty is to Madame. So I'm going to follow her. And it's like, Madame likes cats. Why would Thomas's appearance be a problem? Um, well, Madame, Madame has some old school ideas about, uh, about cat marriage that, um, <laughs> that, you know, it's too soon. It's too soon for Duchess to remarry. She must, ob- she must observe the proprieties. Um, I guess. I, I am, I'm just perplexed. I feel like I'm missing something big. Yes, we're missing the plot. That seems to be an understanding. <laughs> That's what we're missing. We're missing a conflict. We're missing a plot. We're missing a story. Mm. Um, and and look, listener, I, I know Andy thinks I might be a little too harsh on this movie, but I barely remember it and I just watched it because mm. nothing happens for long periods of time. Well, Till we get to the, the climax. The climax is really good. Um, but again, we're not building if like like you mentioned 101 Dalmatians, right? Climax in that film when Cruella is bested and Horace and Jasper hauled off and all those, you know, everything gets righted uh, and the puppies are back where they belong. Um, the stakes are there's justice, right? Mm hmm. Um, there's justice here. I'm just not sure it's earned. It's not earned by our heroes. That's that's or, or who are our heroes? Who is our pro- we'll, we'll get to protagonist problems yeah, in a bit. Yeah. That that must be something that that we talk about. But the truth of the matter is this is really a community comes together to defeat Edgar the Butler. The horse mm-hmm. is in on it, the mouse is in on it, the scat cat and his band of cats are in on it. Right. Thomas is in on it. The bi- all mm-hmm. of these people, all of these animals working together to defeat a um elderly butler not in the best physical condition um of his life it it really does feel like overkill the way in which they defeat him um but they do i mean that's the conflict here it is a conflict between i guess all animals everywhere versus mm-hmm. uh edgar the butler and edgar loses in that exchange one would hope if this is a movie if this is a movie about duchess and her kittens that duchess and her kittens through their journey have gained skills that allow them to get the better of of the butler they have not gained any skills and that might be the, the real problem with this movie is by giving them no complications we've given the cats no opportunity to grow and right. and develop and therefore, the conflict that they have, they immediately fail again. They just yeah, the, can't get the better of this of this human. Yeah, the arcs are definitely flat in this film, um, with the exception of Thomas O'Malley, who I think has a little bit of an arc. I would argue that Roquefort has, you know, kind of a mission and does some things as the mouse. Uh, but, I'm going to say overall, something. Everybody stays the same. Roughly I'm going to say same. something. Very damning here. Okay. All right. Edgar the butler, as a villain, 
is pretty low level to the point where I believe Winnie the Pooh and company could defeat him. If this movie were about Edgar the Butler trying to get rid of Christopher Robin's dolls, because the dolls are going to inherit before he does, I think Pooh, Tigger, Rabbit could could all work together to defeat Edgar the Butler handily. Well, and the reason why is because they had, and, and I would watch that movie, um, they have interesting character flaws, right? That help yes. them develop and grow as 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 characters. Um, I don't know that we have a character flaw in Duchess. She's perfect. She is perfect. The kittens the, have room to grow, but do but the, they're still pretty perfect. They're pretty great. There's there are opportunities for them to to become on this journey, but the movie's not interested in actually seeing the like for example, we'll talk about this in a minute with character things, but for example, Marie wants to be a lady. Well, we could, over the course of this movie, examine what does she think being a lady is? Does she actually really want it? At the end of this movie, is she now a lady? Or has she rejected the label of being a lady because she doesn't want to be one anymore? You could do that with every character in this movie. It's there. The movie just doesn't do it. It doesn't do, it's not invested in seeing them change and grow. Yeah, I I feel too like the movie in terms of rising action, it's more interested in like the cartoony bits of like say the tail feathers on Uncle Waldo or Roquefort bouncing around in the back of the uh, motorcycle and banging his head, um, or uh, uh, Edgar carrying George's up the stairs, which takes for freaking ever forever um, that is a hugely long scene and, and we like, feel bad it? for edgar in that in that yes. scene yes. he should not be degraded in this way where suddenly the lawyer is jumping on his back getting a piggyback ride up the stairs right right so it's it's just out of character and kind of strange but i think the movie majors on those kinds of bits those kinds of cartoony bits and those not things are on better plot. done those things are better done Elsewhere, if we yeah. want to see someone carry something up the stairs and have a bit of it, Daffy Duck and Porky Pig have mastered that. Yeah, comparing comparing Edgar carrying like this lawyer up the stairs, it's it's not even close. Tom and Jerry have had to move a piano. It's it's right. all like like if you're doing bits, then you have to match it against those cartoon shorts, which also do bits, and they mm-hmm. don't measure up by that by that level either. Mm-hmm. So, so this 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 movie needs some work is what I'm saying. So we have the climax. After the climax, we get some falling action. And we have apparently skipped over the bit, um, like where there was any conflict whatsoever in like getting Thomas O'Malley back. Uh, the, the madam sees Thomas O'Malley and goes, hey, looks like you snagged yourself a man. Good job there, Duchess. He can come live with us now. They take pictures. It's fine. The will has been changed to get Edgar out of the will. Who's going to take care of these cats? Not a question that we're, we're apparently concerned with. Um, maybe maybe she doesn't care anymore because Thomas can provide for them. I don't I don't know what Madame is thinking. She should still have a problem. She 
has no solution to it. Well, uh, and she doesn't seem to miss Edgar either. It's like he was sort of a... She says, it's, oh, I wish Edgar had known he was in the will. Maybe he would have stayed. Like, she she says that. She's, she's, she's a little mournful that he's gone. Well, yeah, uh, and... And again, I think that's an attempt at dramatic irony that sort of falls flat. Um, I I find it not funny. And here's why. Yeah. Yeah. Madame loses her cats. She calls the police. It's in the newspapers. Her elderly servant. I mean, he's not elderly, but he's not a snow spring chicken. Disappears without a trace. His items still in still in the studio. He's just gone. He's missing. And Madame's like, eh, you know, sometimes the servants aren't where you left them. All right. Guess he's gone. Where it's, are the police looking for Edgar? Mm, why yeah. doesn't she, why isn't she worried for him? So she, in she, this, yeah, mm. in this way, Larry, I don't know if you've seen some of the true life adventures like Charlie the Lonesome Cougar or Vanishing Prairies or. I have not, ha- but I suspect I will. Well, <laughs> maybe we should do one to compare it. But I, I think that, you know, they took a lot of footage. And in those in those projects, they would take a lot of footage of a Cougar and then try to edit that into a story. And the story that they would come up with often would be there would be people doing things and, you know, interacting with Charlie's life and there might be a little bit of drama, but it doesn't really lead toward any sort of major conclusion. It's just sort of little vignettes that happen along the way. I think that if this movie, if Walt Disney was looking at this and going, oh yeah, this story is a, this is a true life adventure. It works because you have little vignettes of live action cats who are doing things and you know, and it's entertaining so- for a little bit and you forgive it, right? But when it's animation, you need a story. Yeah. You're not relying on the pictures that you captured of the kitties, right? <laughs> to tell the story and try to edit that into something. You're actually starting from scratch. So I, yeah. I, but I, I do see how, I mean, I can make a case for how that happened. Uh, that they were watching a true life adventure and thought, okay, we should pattern it after that. Here, here's what I think. I think no one knew what this movie was going to be. Uh, and then Walt passed and they felt an obligation to bring it to, to bring it to birth because mm-hmm. Walt had been involved at some point, mm-hmm. right? Like they didn't want to abandon a, a project that Walt had approved, but there's no captain on this ship saying where the story is. Walt was their storyteller. And so what they end up doing is they do good enough. They do good enough. They let the tail wag the dog. Um, They're like, oh, you know what? Who are these characters? What voice actors are sitting around right now who need work? That's who the characters Mm -hmm, are. mm -hmm. Uh, We need a villain. We can't get the person we want for the villain. Okay, we'll get this other guy and this other guy. Like, oh, we'll just turn the butler into the villain and uh, and we'll go. Uh, I mean, and these characters are super fun. I mean, we can start talking about characters if you want. Um, I I mean, let's let's just let's just dive in and start doing that. And then as we go, we'll talk about some of them because I think some of them are really kind of fun. No, I would um, agree. I would agree. It's just uh, this is not a movie. If if you're not going to go plot driven, you have to go character driven. 
but the mm-hmm. char- the and they have characters, but it's not character driven either. It's it's just it's just setting driven. Go for it. Yeah. So Duchess uh, Ava Gabor does a great job, I think, um, sure. with what she's got. Um, she's definitely a you know strong mother, and uh, but at the same time, she I mean she she wants better for her kittens. She wants to teach them in the ways of of aristocracy and and grow their little minds, which I think is is fun. It's a fun little piece. Um, and she hey. wants to protect them somewhat. I mean, but she doesn't seem to be very active. She's she's sort of passive as a character. Um, yeah, there is stuff to be mined here, though, mm-hmm. because I believe that you could make a story for Duchess where she is a cat who has devoted herself to the role of being a mother and maybe forgotten that she's also a woman. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and you could do you could make this how Duchess got her groove back that she realized but but I'm I'm not yeah. even kidding. No, you're right. I would love for this movie to be a sexual reawakening for Duchess. I don't I don't want to go hard hard on that theme right. too much. I don't but but the idea that she realizes that yes, she also has the rights to live a life in addition to protecting her her children, that could be a story. What has Duchess given up in pursuit mm-hmm. of her children? Can she have it all? She should get to have it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a question for you that I know I know you also have. <laughs> the kittens are young, yes? Yes. So <laughs> I would imagine that whoever Duchess was with prior to it has departed the scene um, either in an untimely way or or possibly uh in in a non amicable way i like do you get a sense that duchess had a partner prior to this well she's definitely got a baby daddy somehow so how does that i mean cats don't use ivf right they do not <laughs> They do not. Although so, I would support their choice to do that. It is course. not an option in this time period. Of yes. course. Uh, I, I, and again, that's another missed opportunity for loss and conflict, right? Um, sure. That their if father she's loved and lost, right? Make the opening. Make the opening of the movie. I mean, it's dark. This is a G-rated movie. You don't. You probably yeah. don't want to. You don't want to start your movie at a cat funeral. I get that. Well, but maybe they're in the parlor, and there's a picture of their father, right? Which would then, when Thomas gets his picture taken, that would be a great little call back but there's a there's a picture of father and and maybe they she talks about how wonderful he was and how ga- you know how he you know saved you know risked his life and and lost his life in the service of others or something like that you know where yeah, some something i mean that's yeah. really the point is that 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 is a missing piece of duchess mm-hmm. that would give her something to overcome so in her relationship with thomas o'malley it could be, am I ready to love again? Right. As opposed to, like, as opposed to, you know, like, he seems cute, but I've got kids and I've got an owner. Um, those are all practical, like, can I make it work on my budget in my time with my schedule and still get the still get the kittens to karate and piano right. lessons? Um, <laughs> you know, but, but like, the, the idea of, <laughs> hey... I've experienced loss and I don't know whether I'm willing to risk my heart again would yeah. be a real thing. And Ava Gabor can do that. Yeah, 100% she could pull that off. 
Let's talk about Madame and George, which I kind of consider one character because they're mm-hmm. not really. I mean, I think you mentioned that. Um, I mean, they talk about being past their prime, um, that they're, you know, can they love again, right? Uh, I'm not sure why these two don't find a spark. I, I don't know either. It feels like class issues are the thing keeping them apart. They seem to be oh, long friends that. since childhood. Uh, mm. m- Madame has money and he's a lawyer. And it just feels like I would love if, and I think maybe we're supposed to imply this, that through the model of Duchess finding finding love with Thomas, Madame is now willing to say, hey, this lawyer who's always loved me from afar, to, to heck what high society says, right. I love him, I'm going to marry him. And in that way, maybe that solves the problem. Who's going to take care of the cats when she passes, right? Clear, yeah, but clear. she's in better shape than he is. I, I mean, mean, he can't even climb the stairs on his own. I, I'm with you. And, and, <laughs> and frankly, should not be allowed to practice law anymore. He, he, um, he demonstrates a certain, a certain past, past, expiry date i i would yeah, not he is he a lack of acumen for sure yes um but but i i think i think we're supposed to say that like oh you know they are going to find love i don't need to see them kiss but we do see them dance i think there's an implication there i also don't get the sense of what madame's history is well we know that she sang carmen we know she's an opera singer right would love for her Um, to have a song in this exactly yes that's set up it never happens i mean there's so many things that are set up in this exposition and then there are things that are paid off that are never set up and so again and we've talked about this dozens of times now if you set it up you gotta pay it off and if you pay something off take the time to set it up right yeah, it's I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Um, but yeah, they talk about being sentimental fools. Um, you know, it's and of course, their discussion of the will um, with the cats as beneficiaries leads to Edgar's. Um, I, I mean, I Ed, to... you don't like Edgar as a villain. I think my children when they were little were absolutely and completely horrified by Edgar that he would be willing to poison kitties because they were like, how do they know the kitties will wake up? I'm like, this, this was a question I had to answer as a mother. I'm not sure I ever answered it very well. Uh, but, but yeah, this is the problem with Edgar is, is the problem we've talked about earlier in this podcast is that he has, no angst. He has nothing. He's not angry. We don't get any clues in the exposition that he is dissatisfied in any way. And then all of a sudden, he hears the cats are going to inherit and he wants to hurt them. Keeping in mind that there is a G rating restriction on this. So sure. I, I I get it. Like you could you could do the story of Edgar's descent into madness over the course of this movie. Once once he once he's got rid of the cats, his eyes turn to Madame, and now he's a murderer. Like like you could do that. They don't want to do that, and well, I, I so I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna suggest we go King Scar here. With no, Edgar. I think and I think it's simpler than that. I think it's so much simpler than that. I think that he's you know in that scene where he's driving Fru Fru. 
and the cats are bouncing around, he can just be like, really? I'm driving cats around? Is yeah, that what I do like now? Them from- yes! So, like, all he has to do is be dissatisfied in that moment. I don't want to be taking care of these cats for the rest of my life. I mean, that's what he needs to say. And then sure. be like, well, look, if we got them out of the way, I'd inherit right away. And that, you know, no harm, no foul. I, I want to point out that Madame is a monster uh, in the way in which she constructs the will. <laughs> she is. She leaves everything to the cats. Mm-hmm. Everything. Those cats don't need everything. She should have structured the will so that Edgar gets everything with a provision that he takes care of the cats. Right. That's it. And he and can if, hire oh. somebody to do it. It it's he's he's the custodian of the, the the estate. He he can do whatever he wants with the money, but but the cats don't need like a real estate portfolio. They're cats. But Larry, that makes it even better. Because if she tasks him with taking care of the cats, yeah, right, and he doesn't want to and gets rid of them, that's a better story. It's a better story, but I'll also point out it's a better story if Madame passes first. Yeah, agree. Agree. Um, because cause you could go that route. Why is Edgar getting rid of the cats now? Madame's alive. She might adopt more cats, dummy. It's not hard <laughs> to get cats. We know that we know from this movie that there are cats all over France in need of an owner, and Madame will take them in if they show up at the front door. You're you wait wrong. till Madame is dead. Wrong. And then you look at the cats you have that night and you go, you know what? And look, look, <laughs> I, I, I don't, cat killing is wrong. Yes. Okay. I love cats. That being said, Edgar is not Cruella DeVille. Right. He's not wrong that he should have the money and the cats don't. These cats mm. have had it so good for so long. They do nothing. They don't. There's one mouse in the house. They don't even take care of that. They're friends with him. Right? They feed him. <laughs> they, they, they perpetuate uh. vermin in the house. Edgar, uh. <laughs> we have seen in this movie, has been struggling for a long time he has been degraded and he Mm. has been debased and finally he sees a moment where it's going to be his turn his time and he's not wrong for seizing the opportunity he just is not able to identify the opportunity he also has some understanding that cats really do have nine lives which makes his math really terrible when he's doing this he's like it'll be 81 years he's like no edgar it will not consult a zoologist before murdering your cats and that is that is larry's rant on it <laughs> okay well let's talk about the kittens to lose marie and is it berlows is that right oh i was hoping you knew i i think it's berlows um okay. I'm, that's what i'm calling him um i think i think they're sweet I sure. think they're cute. I think they've got the Huey, Dewey, and Louie problem. They absolutely in that do. They don't really have specific uh, personalities, except for Marie. I mean, Marie wants to be a lady. Marie's oh, in I'll, awe of her mother and wants to be just like her. I'll, um, I'll debate that. I think Toulouse has a bit of a personality. Yeah. Um, in that he does not want to be a house cat. 
He wants to. He wants to now, be. There the, you go. Tom, yeah. He wants to be a Thomas O'Malley type. He wants to be free to go outside. He wants to be free from the rules. He wants to be feared. He wants to mm-hmm. be a predator. Like there are, like like he's got a wild side to him that you would think this movie would make a meal of when he's suddenly presented with the opportunity to be that. And I think that's the problem that I'm I'm looking at. I mean, if you probably looked at at Huey, Dewey, and Louie, they're all kind of the same. These guys do have personalities for sure, but they're not utilized. No. They're utilized as a pack. Um, They're not really... Here's what I would do with them. There's so much... Yeah, go ahead. So Toulouse thinks he wants to be a wild cat, and Marie thinks she wants to be a lady. And Mm -hmm. at the end of the movie, I would want Toulouse to be like, I love it here at home. And for Marie to be like, let's go out again. Let's go out. I want to have more adventures. I would love for this journey to have caused them to switch places and Mm -hmm. become each. uh, uh, Here's the real thing that should happen, Andy. Mm -hmm. Duchess shouldn't be with them. It should just be the kittens that get left outside. Well, then it would be 101 Dalmatians, right? Except in 101 Dalmatians, mom comes for them. Mom and dad come for them. In this movie, Duchess has no idea where they are. Or maybe Duchess is ah. gone from the movie. And instead, these three kittens are out on the street and they meet an alley cat named Thomas O'Malley, who mm-hmm. like sort of kind of is like, is like, listen, kids, you know, I made it on the streets on my own. You'll be fine. Why do you want to go back? Why do you want to mm-hmm. go back to that? Duchess should not be in this movie as a protagonist. If the kittens are on their own for the first time in their lives and there's a new mentor figure who's telling mm-hmm. them that the way they've seen the world needs to be challenged and ultimately they change but they change him more it's a better movie duchess is in the way Thomas yeah. is focused on her and not them it's it's escape to which mountain it's been jason jason right yes yeah yes yeah oh i'm so mad now because it's it's the solution <laughs> Um, let's talk about Thomas O'Malley, who I think we've already made the case should be the protagonist of this movie because he's got he's got the most change to make. Um, I mean, he shouldn't be, but he I think he is. Yeah, you I know, think he functions that way because I mean it's Phil Harris. Phil Harris is an over the top, um, you know, character. He's got the best songs. He's got a song about his name, right? He's um, Thomas O'Malley, the Alley Cat. I like right. That. I mean, like he's how do I want to say this? Like he is presented as the antagonist but i don't think it plays that way because doesn't play that he's falling for duchess immediately he's falling for the cats the kitties and he's making decisions on how to rescue them and you know i think it would be interesting if he gave them the cold shoulder in the beginning but he never really does that he sings them a song about who he is um and he he's i think he's supposed to come off as sort of this kind of ladies man but uh, he doesn't really. I There's would, never a moment where he doesn't isn't completely smitten with her. So the comparison for Thomas O'Malley isn't from 101 Dalmatians. It's Tramp from Lady in the Tramp. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's who I yeah. would compare him to. Um, and I would also say that that what I would love to see at the beginning of this movie is that Thomas is focused on Duchess and doesn't really care about the kids that much. But that we get to a place where at a certain point, uh, he cares more about the kids in in like sort of a, you think that going back to Madame is what's best for them? 
I'm what's best for them. I'm their dad now. Right. Like, like right. Sort of be like, right. Sort of, sort of like, you know, his his role has shifted into co-parenting with her. Right. And it happens subtly and naturally. And he he needs to spend more time demonstrating his love for the kittens, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is the surest way into Duchess's heart. Right. Yeah. Like Thomas is more interested in making more than he is in, in parenting the ones they have. In, in, in yeah, the movie as presented. I, 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 I agree with you. I think I think that's a really good way to deal with that. I mean, I've been thinking, I've been really scratching my head about how to how to fix that because I again, I love his character. You just had a, you just had something big. You better just share that right now. Andy. <laughs> yes. What if Thomas is their father who they've never met? And they don't know it, and Thomas doesn't know it. And Thomas talks about how he once loved someone, and they were going to have kittens, and humans went and took her away from him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and like like he talks about missing his kittens, and look, you know, Toulouse looks like Thomas, right? And, uh, yeah, and then it's a family reunion movie, mm, but they don't know it till the end. Well, there's a lot of sexuality I think they're dodging here. <laughs> I mean, sure, it's G-rated. Yeah, it's they're G-rated. dodging a lot of it. And 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 you know, I was I was not alive in 1970, so I don't know if we would have all been scandalized to find out that these cats had not been properly wed and the kittens had been conceived out of wedlock. Perhaps we would have. Perhaps, Perhaps we, we would have all gone to our fainting couches in despair. <laughs> Um, but, but I, 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 the, the ingredients are here. That, that's what makes me mad. It's not that, that this is, it shouldn't be a movie. It's that yeah. it should be a movie. And to have a movie, what it's missing is character development, plot, thought, theme. Right. It's got none of it. It's just got settings and mm-hmm. characters, but not character arcs. And that's so, it. Th- thinking about like that and, and, and the gabble sisters and uncle waldo uh lafayette and napoleon and even roquefort and frou-frou to some extent i mean we take time out to go talk to them or spend time with them but they don't really drive the story and again if the dramatic questions are will they get back home uh and will they defeat edgar right and uh the other is if if Duchess and Thomas O'Malley get together, we don't need them. We don't. Need I mean, they're any it's of fun them. banter. It's f- I mean, like I would watch Lafayette and Napoleon. I would watch the Adventures of Lafayette and Napoleon. They could be a Tom a and hoot. Jerry duo. You Absolutely, could do a series of shorts with them. You could do Roquefort and Fru Fru take on Paris. I mean, that's hilarious. I think the Gabble sisters are funny, sure. and they don't have enough to do. No. They don't. I mean, they're they're just escorts, and the they, kittens waddle like them. Which you know, I mean, my my three year old at the time animation. thought it was amazing. Absolutely, when she was three, that was a long time ago. But yeah, I that's uh, it's just so hard. It's so hard, and this and this story really is wrought with protagonist problems, as we've mentioned. Um, who would you? I, I don't know that this movie has a protagonist. I mean, that, and that's a problem. Because as you said, the only person who has an arc is Thomas. Right. Uh, Edgar is our protagonist for scenes. 
in the scenes with Napoleon and Lafayette, it's not, we're not watching it from the dog's perspective. We're watching it from Edgar's perspective. Edgar is the one trying to achieve an objective, mm-hmm. and they're his obstacle. Uh, Roquefort has more objectives. But I his mean, problem isn't set- even set up. Because no. he, he, at the beginning, so you could do, at the beginning of the movie, Roquefort is scared. He might like the kittens and Duchess, but he's never forgotten that they're cats. He's terrified mm-hmm. of cats. Uh, and even though he kind of wants to be their friend, he's reluctant to do it because cats have a reputation. And then at the end, when he gets sent off to other to the other cats to rescue the cats he loves, that that would be him overcoming his prior obstacle. But he's uh-huh. so comfortable with Duchess and the kittens that you kind of forget by by the point. It's like, don't you know that cats eat mice? And like you right. would be like, this movie has not set up the principle that cats eat mice. No, it never occurred to us. Um, <laughs> no, until the, he gets with the alley cats, right? And the alley right. cats are very, very clear. Animals um, will just seem to be chilled. They they don't feed on each other in this movie. Um, right. You know, they're, they're just like brothers I mean, there's, there's a minor conflict between cats and dogs, but outside of that, not so much. Yeah. Okay, so pitch time. Uh, there was a canceled sequel in 2005. Um, there was a canceled TV series that was not made. Uh, live action remake. What would you do with this uh, this source material, Larry? Okay. Um, s- such as it is. So I'm going to throw out this needs to be a better adventure. And so at the end of this movie, Edgar comes up with a second plan to get rid of the cats and the kittens. Uh, to get, which is to mail them to Timbuktu. I want uh-huh. them that to be his plan at the beginning of the movie. I want uh-huh. him to ship them to Timbuktu from the beginning, so that it is a far greater, far more perilous journey to get all the way back from Timbuktu uh, to to the manor house. Yeah, um, they they have a lot more That's obstacles. Good. I believe there's even water in the way. Um, you know, they, they may not speak the language, uh, they, they may have, uh, they're just more obstacles, more of an adventure. Um, and, and I think that, I think that should be the journey. Uh, also I, I do agree. I would, I would kill off Duchess. Uh, I, I, I pitched that earlier. Duchess should not be in this movie. It should Mm -hmm. be about kittens and Thomas O'Malley and found family. Love me some found family. Uh, that is my pitch for this. What have you got, Andy? Well, I think I would just do a flat remake and make Thomas O'Malley the protagonist. Fine. Of this film. And I think he needs to stumble upon these and have some animosity toward aristocratic, uh, you know, maybe some jealousy about what they have and realize that he has more than they do. And they can all realize together that they have have more together. D- Duchess should be the antagonist, I think. Sure. Um, Edgar could be a villain, but maybe a different kind of antagonist. And maybe Thomas works with Edgar for a while uh, to secure the demise of these cats that he hates, but then he grows to love them. So, don't know. No, I, mean, I think ha- there's a lot of opportunity here. There's yeah. so much opportunity. The, the characters are fine. But notice how... Um, that neither one of us seem to pitch Edgar the Butler as a movie uh, in yeah. the means of of uh, Cruella or or Maleficent. 
it's just his presence is not that strong. Although I think it would make a very funny parody video if like Funny or Die wanted to do something like that. And, and you know, like and like we see him dressing up as a cat menacingly saying everybody wants to be a cat. I think I think that might be that might be amusing there. That might be really fun. All right. What movie are we tackling next week? Okay. All right. So, viewers, this is going to be a hard one to find. We are going obscure here. But you know how, like, Pinocchio is kind of in the zeitgeist? But, and like, Andy and I want to tackle the new Pinocchio movie, but we have rules about what year we can do. Uh, So we are, instead of doing the new Pinocchio series, we're going to go for 2000. In the year 2000, Disney made Geppetto. Uh, Drew Carey starring as Geppetto, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as the Blue Fairy, Usher is in this movie. Um, it, I, I believe, uh, although I haven't done the research on it, uh, this was like a wonderful world of Disney sort of, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it cannot be found on Disney Plus, which not a great sign. But uh, it it can be found. I, I found it like in, in its entirety in YouTube on YouTube. Mm-hmm. You can find it uh, if you want to do the assignment. I have not seen it. And I like the performers that are in it. So yeah. so I'm not going into this hoping to hate it. I'm hoping to love it. But I cannot recommend it. And I wouldn't bet money on it. Is that fair? Is that Very fair? fair. Okay. Very, very fair. All right, Geppetto for next week then. Well, if you like what you're hearing, will you do us a favor and share this podcast with another Disney or classic movie fan? And if you write us a review, we would be so pleased. And also check out our Once Upon a Disney Facebook page. You can tweet us at Andy Redwine or at Larry Brenner 6 or drop us a line in our mailbag at Once Upon a Disney Podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, friends, see you real soon. See you real soon.